Hello and welcome to Living the Queen Life, a podcast by Queen of My Own Universe. I'm your host, Margaret Foley, and I am the Queen of My Own Universe. Living the Queen Life podcast showcases the stories of ordinary women doing extraordinary things and brings to you advice, helpful tools and tips and inspiration about how you too can live a life that you love. I believe that every woman is the queen of her own universe, and I'm on a mission to empower you to believe in and lean into your full potential. Think, feel, and live like a queen. There's no one as special as you. Welcome to another episode of Living the Queen Life. Today's guest will help you get more organized at home and get more time and calm back into your life. Amy Kennedy is a professional organizer, coach, trainer, and author, and she thrives on order and gets a buzz from supporting others to get organized in their lives too. Through her business, The Organizing Bee, Amy supports busy women and families experiencing chronic disorganization to ease the pressures of everyday life by providing one-to-one hands-on organizing support within the family home. So are you forever moving clutter from one place to another or complaining about your lack of storage space or you just can't seem to ever get your home tidy and organized? Or maybe your house looks beautiful and tidy like something out of a Home Beautiful magazine, but it's just not working for you in real life. Amy is one of my amazing co-authors in the book, Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy. And in this episode, she gives us great advice on how to get your home working for you and get time and calm back into your day and your family. Take notes on this one, listeners, as Amy has some amazing advice for you. So Amy Kennedy, welcome to Living the Queen Life podcast. Thanks, Marg. Thanks for inviting me here. It's really exciting to yeah have a good chat. I am very excited to have this conversation with you today. And um, I'm going to apologise in advance, listeners, that I'm going to pick Amy's brain about everything that I need to know about how to get my, literally get my shit together um, at home. <laughs> Excuse my French. Um But just to start with, so Amy and I have met, we are both co-authors in uh, the recently published book of Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy, where Amy talks about her experience in helping families and especially busy mums in getting more organised. I don't know anybody, except maybe you, Amy, who doesn't need help getting a little more organised in their home. So maybe, maybe tell us, how did you get started? When did you decide to become a professional organiser? Ah, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's a multifaceted kind of answer. It's really interesting, actually. So I thought my mum my would describe me as a little bit of the black sheep of the family in that I was always the organised one. I was always the one who was a little bit aware of how things looked in the home. I was always overly, overtly aware of t- deadlines and timelines. So that's just a little bit built in um, to me. Um, but I didn't go down that career path at all. I studied advertising and marketing. I went into a bit of project management, coordination, and it wasn't until I had um, my first child 
and took some time out on maternity leave. And I found, so this was way back in 2008, I found that I was spending a lot of time on Pinterest and Pinterest was really mm-hmm. new <laughs> at that stage. Well, and time suck right there. <laughs> yeah, huge. And particularly, you know, having a, a newborn where you're like trying to put her to sleep and, yeah, sit, lots of time just sitting in a chair. So spending a lot of time on Pinterest and I was pinning articles of beautifully organised spaces. I wasn't reading the articles in depth like I was reading through them and going oh yeah everyone knows that yep 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 that makes sense yep 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 and but I just collectively I was just collecting all of these beautiful images and I didn't do anything with it and then it was oh probably maybe about five years down the track I saw an article in or maybe it was the age or one of the major um, national newspapers anyway, um, about the organising industry. And I'm just like, oh, my God, there's an industry body. This is a reputable career path. It's a thing. I can do something with this. This was, yeah, and, and at the time I was on maternity leave, I didn't have aspirations to go back into what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to run with this. And so that's kind of how I... Um, decided to start my business and what I do bring is that although I've naturally had a lot of I guess inbuilt organization in me I haven't grown up in an organized or clutter-free home Mm -hmm. so my mum my mum and my father uh, both of their parents were children of the depression so both of my parents were taught the importance and the value of holding on to things yes. the you know uh, and so they and all of my life and everyone around me my aunties my grandparents all are big collectors of things anything that's useful valuable mm-hmm. can be reused mm-hmm. um, repaired um, yes. all of those types of things so I've grown up in an, in an environment that's full of useful things Useful mm-hmm. things to repair things, things that you might yes. need one day, things, yeah, anything, whether it be paper or whether it be toilet mm-hmm. rolls or whether it be um, boxes, it, it doesn't matter what it is, um, string. So I've grown up in an environment with an abundance of different things. And then when I met my husband um, when we were 18, he came from a totally opposite, um, one of five kids. And his mother um, was a very, very, very tidy woman. So she kept her house immaculate, um, almost to the point where my husband says, um, you know, I used to come home from school and put my shoes on the, um, you know, near the couch and he, she'd get onto him, and you have to put that away. So you can only imagine when we moved in <laughs> together that there was a little bit of... Um, you know, I didn't naturally put have you know. I collected things. I'd been taught to collect things. Mm-hmm. Where he was um, lived in a very uncluttered home, and I, I mean, obviously wanted the relationship work. So you know, I changed some of my strategies and steps and making my um, own systems that I used to keep my own space more tidy and organized. And then the things that I knew ingrained as a child then just 
blossomed and came out. So to the extent that, you know, I, you know, teach other people now, but it's nice so that I have that lived experience to understand what it's like to live in a, I guess, a a house of abundance or clutter or whatever you call it. Um, And also the lived experience of having a very organised and clutter-free home now. So, yeah. So that's the big, that's the big answer. (laughs) That's the big answer. And I'm nodding, I'm nodding along quietly as you're describing what you, what you saw growing up. Um, You know, if I heard my mother or my father say, once I heard them say it a million times, because they would keep every nail, every screw, every half piece of string. And they would always say, you never know when that will come in handy. Mm hmm. The answer was usually never, but we're going to keep it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. So my mum, the same, even my mum always writes her shopping list Mm -hmm. on the piece of cardboard that comes inside a pair of socks or uh, the stockings because it's a good, useful size. So I've always, every time I get a new pair of socks, I need to go in my mind going, no, Amy, you write your shopping list on your phone, you don't need to keep the piece of cardboard that comes in there. And so, and with my clients, I teach my clients, well, yes, you might need it one day, but you need to really look at your behaviours. But And the chances are that you probably won't even remember that you have it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do when you go need a particular nail or, you know, whatever it is that you were discussing before, are you going to remember that you have that one or are you just naturally going to head down to the hardware store mm-hmm. and buy a pack of nails that actually suit the job that you're doing in the right size that you you need yes. it? So. Yes. Yeah, my mother's um, shopping list was always written on the back of envelopes. So every letter that we got had to be opened with the um, letter opener knife so that it was a nice clean cut so every envelope was saved for writing notes writing shopping lists writing to-do lists so that was our thing was that was the back of envelopes um so let's let's chat about let's chat about the impact of um you know either how we grew up and what we observed what might be our tendencies you know that we've developed and potentially you know i imagine that there's even um you know, psychological um, uh, things as well. So it might be around, um, you know, we start going into things such as OCD or ADHD and behavioural and psychological issues such as that. Now, we're not talking about necessarily adopting a completely minimalist, minimalist, that's a really hard word to say, a minimalist (laughs) lifestyle where suddenly you walk into somebody's house and there's blank walls and like nothing around. But we're, and we're not necessarily talking about hoarding because that's something completely different again. Yeah. We're really talking about the stuff we accumulate and store yeah. and save and then forget that we've even got. How often, listeners, how often do you, when you go looking for one thing, you find five other things you're like, oh, my God, I forgot I even had that. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's really important to understand your own 
lifestyle and what it is that you're actually genuinely using and ensure that those things are the things that are accessible and easy to use because when I work with clients the same as what you've just said there we go through a cupboard or a wardrobe um, and when I first meet with a client they're the, I don't have enough storage I've got way too much too many things um, what can you do to you know what type of um, storage do we need to buy and I say no no let's look at what you have first and often yeah we go through the linen cupboard or just a random cupboard and the majority of the things are like I don't even remember even buying that I can't remember the last time I used it so this all this valuable real estate in the home is being used up by things that you don't even like many of my clients don't even know they have or that they need so Again, yeah, I'm not talking about, I mean, a minimalist lifestyle is brilliant for those who want to live um, very minimalist. But I, you know, it's just more around having the things that you want around you that bring you joy, that make you happy, that support your lifestyle, that, you know, so that if you do love a particular hobby, you've got the room to, to store all the supplies that you need but they're also accessible and they're there ready for when you need them. They're not just tucked at the top of the cupboard in the back, you know, in a box at the back that's, you know, it's too hard to get out because of all the things in front of it, you know, mm. setting it up so that, you know, everything is easy, everything's simple, um, your house isn't and your things aren't creating more challenges or they're not a burden for you. It's actually supporting, supporting yep. you. Yeah. So... So if we think about this, you know, so let's imagine, you know, your typical mum, all right? So busy, she's probably got a couple of kids. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what age they are, they all come with their own challenges. Um, and, you know, she's maybe working. So she gets up in the morning, you know, and she's having a shower and getting ready for work. But getting ready for work means, you know, what, where do I find the stuff I need for breakfast? You know, and, 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 you know, where's my favourite coffee cup? Because we all have our favourite cup that we like to drink our cup of coffee out of in the morning. Um, oh, my God, what am I going to wear to work today? Where are those shoes? I really want to wear those shoes because they're my comfortable ones. I'm going to be on my feet all day. Um, I seem to never be able to find my favourite lip gloss in the mornings. You know, um, kids' school stuff. I don't know, it goes into the same black hole as socks seem to in the laundry and then, you know, and the kids can't find their stuff. And But before we even get out the door, we're like, and then I can't find the car keys and then I can't find the phone and then you get in the car and, oh, God, I've left that behind. Like how how do you help the average mum just with that kind of scenario? How can being more organised in the work that you do help us all have more easy mornings? Yeah, so I think one of it is looking at reducing the amount of things that you have in your home and only having really what you need uh, so that finding your favourite coffee mug, you're not having to go through all the 20 mugs that are there and <laughs> is it in the dishwasher, is it in the sink, is it in the cupboard, you know, um, just having the ones that you genuinely use that's, that's hilarious but um, every you know what I, I swear every time I empty the dishwasher and I put all of the, the teacups and the coffee mugs back in the cupboard there's an entire shelf of mugs it's probably a dozen that I don't remember the last time I used them yeah yeah so should I get it's, rid of them 
but but then I'm like, well, but I, you know, because I'm not sure. I might one day, you know, suddenly have twenty people over for coffee. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But if I do, I've got enough coffee cups for them all. Like, well, good. <laughs> yeah, and that's an interesting scenario. So that is a scenario that can happen with every every category, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. clothes, whether it's shoes, whether or not you know whatever it may be. But I. I genuinely think, yeah, okay, what happens if you're going to have uh, 20 people over? Well, 20 people over, that's a big event and you would have planned that. You're never going to have 20 people just jump jump in at one time. Um, So you'll have time to look for 20 mugs and maybe that's to go to your best friend who's also coming to the event saying, can you bring five mugs with you? And so then you've got them there or depends on what type of event it is you may look to you know have a special dinner set that is just um just for events that you pack up at the end you put it away up in the cupboard but it's not mixed up in your Mm. everyday stuff I often it's interesting where people a strategy that I use with clients when they're not sure whether or not they need an item is uh to use um best friends, strangers and acquaintances. So your best friend, if we're looking, let's look at mugs because we're talking about that. Your best friend is that favourite mug. It's the one that you go to every single time and if that one's not ready, there's always one or two others. They're the ones, they're your best friends, the ones that you always gravitate to, you love them. Mm-hmm. And then you have your strangers the strangers are the the ones that are in the in your cupboard that you may have been gifted, but to, you know someone gave it to you. Um, you've collected it somewhere along the way, but they actually you don't know them. You don't know the mug. You've never used it. It doesn't actually mean anything to you. So those strangers are the ones that you don't need in your life. They're not supporting you in any way, shape, or form. So you can just easily um, push those strangers out of the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The rest are all acquaintances. So they're the people and some of the some acquaintances that you have, just like in real life, pump you up and fill you with energy and joy and support you. And there are other acquaintances that you have that drag all the energy out of you that don't that are not supporting you in any way. So in your mug, you know, that could be a mug that's chipped. It could be a mug that's cracked. It could be a mug that's got this weird handle that you can never hold or it's a mug that when you hold it, you get your hands burnt. You know, you can. it's not um, comfortable in the hold. So they're the ones that of the acquaintances that are also easy to say, okay, you don't need to be in my space. I don't want to have any of that negative energy in my own home. And so then you're left with, your best friends and those acquaintances, those mugs around you or people around you, it works in the same, whether it be in life or whether it be in physical items in your home. So then you only keep the things in your home that actually support you and make you happy and make you joyful. So that's the same with clothes. That can be the same with shoes. That can be the same with handbags. That can be the same with, your, you know, your... your um, your skincare, your shampoo, you know, you may have opened a bottle of shampoo and then that first wash you go, oh, my God, look at my hair. It's all frizzy. It's gross. I just can't use that. But you can't bear, you know, I've spent, you know, mm-hmm. 
$10, $20 on this bottle. I can't just get rid of it. That's a waste. But actually, you know, deep down that actually I'm probably never going to use it because I don't like the feeling of using that in my hair. So that's another one that, you know, okay, it's a sunk cost. Mm. You know, you spent money on it, but oh, well, it's you're never going to use it. So there's no point in having it in your life. So I feel like you've been spying on my bathroom, Amy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you and the rest of the world. <laughs> There's the stuff that, you know, you get given, you know, and we're coming up to Christmas, right? Yeah. So I can predict that I am going to get given bath products. Mm-hmm. Yep. That um, I will never use because I know that my skin won't like it. Yep. Um, or the scent is just not my kind of thing. Um, yep. I sometimes buy cosmetics and then I bought some eyeshadow recently thinking, oh, that's that's nice, I'll give that a try. And, oh, my God, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking the day that I bought it or maybe it's my makeup application skills. But it joined all of the other eyeshadows and lipsticks that I've bought over the years that are not my shade at all. So why is it that we we get this stuff and as we're putting it away in the bottom drawer or in the cupboard or wherever it is that we put it and we're putting it there because we don't like it and we don't want to use it, why at that moment do we not go? And every now and then I catch myself now because I, I you know read your thing and I'm like, right, Margaret, no, you're never going to use that. Yeah. Just throw it out now because you know you're going to throw it out in six months or 12 months or two years. It's like when you do a pantry clean out, you know, and it's like, oh, use by date 2018. You're like, oh, my God, you know. I know yeah. people who move house and they and then they have a pantry clean out and they're like, oh, my God, I've moved house with this thing. It's been out of date for like the last five years and I still didn't do mm-hmm. it. Why yeah, is it 19... that we're... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, but I was just going to say 1979 is the record for something that has Wow. That wow. That's, I'm going to say you would see some interesting stuff in people's homes and pantries, I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, so yeah, one, of, one of the things that I find difficult, and maybe it's, you know, because I was raised by parents of the Depression, you know, with that you never know where, you know, waste not, want not was the other big one that I heard all the time. Um, and we we hear a lot these days particularly about, recycling and not being wasteful and upcycling and so why is it that when we have something that we we know we don't want we know it's going to be in that stranger category that you just talked about we know we're never going to use it but we cannot bring ourselves to throw something out because it's like and it might be I've spent good money on this or it's a perfectly good thing like I'm not advocating for one second that we take really really good stuff and we start throwing really good stuff in the bin yeah no and I don't either yeah so um I say I I am talking about getting rid of things but by no means am I saying throw things into landfill so the main reason I guess guilt is the main reason why that happens you know we don't want to be wasteful we don't want to um harm our environment in any way so we hold on to the things, but um, we, there are there are ways to avoid this. So the first thing is, 
looking at our purchases to begin with, so trying to minimise what we're bringing into our home. So one strategy that you could do is that if you like something and think, okay, I want to buy that, leave it 24 hours uh, before you make the purchase. So in 24 hours or maybe even 48 hours, depending on what it is, you're still thinking about that item and regretting the purchase, regretting not purchasing the item, then you probably actually really do want it. But if you've walked away and then you haven't thought about that eyeshadow since, then it's probably a good sign that you actually didn't really want it or need it to begin with. Um, And getting rid of good things, so whether it be good shoes, good handbags, um, uh, cosmetics, there's always a pathway out to go that can lead to somebody who uses it. So there are a lot of different charities um, that um, I support with my clients, but you can also find as well. So um, even um, used open shampoo bottles or open cosmetics, you can put them on your local Buy Nothing group or other um, face like Facebook groups mm-hmm. where yeah, those type of share groups, um, each region has a different one, whatever it's called. But I have clients all the time. We put open uh, cleaning products, uh, open bottles of any cosmetics and say, being used, open, free to a good home, and it's remarkable how many people will just come and collect it because if mm-hmm. they use that brand, yeah, um, providing it's in date, like you can't yes. do anything that yeah. you know it's not out of date, yeah, um, you can do that. Anything that's brand new, so any food um, or things that are brand new or cosmetics that are brand new, unopened, you can then pass on to. Um, different food charities, food banks, Oz Harvest. There's lots of different, depends on your area, there's lots of different ones. The same with Share the Dignity for mm-hmm. cosmetics, toiletry bags, any of those. Uh, Give It, uh, G-I-V-I-T, is a fabulous organisation where it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a fridge, it could be a couch, it could be Lego, where you can... Um, donate you can pledge to donate an item it's almost a bit like a gum tree where you take a photograph you put a description and then you pledge to donate it and then any charity or different uh, social group or organization can then put their hand up to say actually yeah I would love that and then you can then look at a way for that to go out like I've something as simple as a brand new mop um we've put put up on to give it and you know the local YWCA said ah yeah I've actually got a family who's just who's been displaced who would really need that mop you know can we you know work that through and so there's lots of different ways but you know there are lots of different ways that if you feel that um you know you've got something really valuable and useful that you just don't can't bear for it to go to your local op shop um nothing not that i um, say there's anything wrong with the local op shop but sometimes it's the, the feeling that oh they're just doing it for profit for their own good or something like that so but if you want to have a little bit of understanding about where it's going you know there are uh dress for success and mm-hmm. lots of other different ones but where you can do handbags, shoes, clothing for people who, um, 
you know, need clothing for a job interview or the first, uh, there's a one in, I'm based in Canberra and there's a great uh, program through our communities at work. And what mm-hmm. they do is they've got a, I guess, a, a wardrobe per se for um, people who are looking for employment but don't have the ability to purchase a suit or mm-hmm. the clothing. Yep. And so they will provide them with the outfit for an interview and then they'll also provide them with uh, the enough clothing to do the particular role that it is until they get their first paycheck in. So that may Super. be a yeah. week's worth of clothing or two weeks' worth of clothing so that they can go into this new job and nobody knows that they've, you know, been homeless or, mm-hmm. you know, that they just look apart. And so there's always a way, there's always an avenue for something yeah. that is mean, meaningful pathway, whether yeah. it be a car, a lawnmower, a hammer, clothing, there's always a particular avenue if you're stuck yeah. and you just don't want to just do a bulk. I yeah. love that. I love, love that. It's, it's so important and, you know, there's, as you say, there's so many in, in different communities um, you know, different pathways and for different different products. Um, you know, I know I, over the years I've put stuff on free cycle, um, you know, and it's gone like well, you've barely hit, you know, publish and suddenly somebody's all like, I'll take it, I'll be there in five minutes. You're like, cool, this is this is great. So it's, yeah. um, you know, and you feel good about, you know, some people get might get a little bit cynical and think, oh, you know, that's, you know, secondhand dealers. You know what, to be honest, I don't really care if I can find a charity that it can go to instead. So I love Give It. What is it? G-I-V-I-T. I love the concept of that, that there are some local organisations that can get first um, first opportunity um, to, to look at products. So that's good. All right. So we're not suggesting that we chuck out perfectly good things and contribute to landfill and be wasteful in, in, the, in the traditional sense at all. All right. No, never at all. Excellent. I want to circle back to when you which you talked about, you know, when you first kind of you were um you were looking at stuff on, on Pinterest. And Pinterest is just like visual porn for organizational freaks, right? It's just <laughs> Yes, I had to put a self confessed ban on that I wasn't allowed to pin anything else until I'd <laughs> finished everything. <laughs> You know, and I go through these phases every now and then. I'm like, right, I'm going to go off and I'm going to buy some plastic storage tubs or some pretty baskets and I'm going to print labels. And then all I do really is take all of my stuff and put it in more stuff. But it looks better and I might look at my pantry and go, oh, look at me, I'm all organised because my pantry looks pretty. That's not what you're talking about though, right? No, not necessarily. So that is... Containers and organisers and labels are just a tiny, tiny little part of the whole organisation process. And for some people, they're fabulous, and for others, they don't need it. So that's a personal, personal choice. But um, what I'm really talking about, so, is making sure that everything in your home has a purpose and a need, and then organising it or storing it in a place where it makes sense and where you're most likely to use it. So, for example, um, if you're looking at your natural behaviours and routines, if you come in your front door um, after work and you've got your your primary school age kids and everyone's got 
their school bags and their shoes and the natural behaviour of all the kids, <laughs> even you as a mother, is to dump things at the front door. Mm-hmm. Well, that is exactly where you need to be storing the school bags. It needs to be where you're storing your shoes. And if you're dumping your keys there or your whatever there, your handbag, that's where you need to be storing your handbag as well. But if that same family then doesn't do that and they're walking in and they're taking their ba- their backpacks in the, into the living room or into the kitchen and that's where they're dumping it, well, that's probably where you need to be storing the, mm-hmm. um, the school bags. So we're looking at a way to look at your natural behaviours and build in systems that don't necessarily make your life harder or more difficult but make, so there's always a spot for it. So, you know, when you're coming into your, la- if you're saying um, in your lounge room, you think, oh, I don't want to have school bags in the lounge room. That's just awful. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't want that clutter in there. You know, if that's the thought process, we'll go, okay, well, we can look at a storage system that to store them. So then it's easier. It's only one step, hard, it, one more step to put the item away. And we can create it in a way that it doesn't look like it's school bag storage Mm -hmm. or something. But it's more likely that your child will put their school bag there than it is than if you ask them to go downstairs and hang it on a hook in their bedroom Mm -hmm. or upstairs or put it into this cupboard in the hallway because that's not where we're going. Mm -hmm. So already wherever the natural path that somebody takes into the house and if it's already there, then that's probably where it should be stored. Mm-hmm. So ideally somewhere near the front door, if that's where they're coming in through or if they're coming in through the garage, that's probably where it should be. So it's and the way that this wet's stored, it could be in a container, it could be in a hook, it could be on a shelf, it could be in a, a basket. It really depends on your individual preferences and likes and needs so it's not about perfection it's not about making everything look perfect or instagrammable or something it's making it really functional functional um for your needs and i often find that i i am called into houses where it looks perfect like it looks like you've walked into um something you would see on Pinterest or Instagram, but their house isn't functioning at all. Mm-hmm. They're lost. They can't find anything. It's similar to what you were saying before. You get these nice containers, you put everything in the container, but then you not can't recall what you put in that container or where you put it and so forth. So then things are getting mixed up. So it's a lot about categorising, having a dedicated home for everything in your home where it lives in the area that you're most likely to use it. So that's a and real... Sometimes, sorry. sorry. I was so saying, and sometimes like multiple things. So you're saying your lip gloss, mm-hmm. you can't find your lip gloss. Maybe that means that you need to have multiple of exactly the same lip glosses. So there we're not saying get rid of... Not, if you, if you use more. a lip gloss, you need one in your handbag, you need one in your car, you need one in the bathroom, you need one near your bedside, you need one, you know, wherever it is that yes. you're using them. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. That sounds like a good excuse to go and buy more, absolutely, because Amy said that I need them. 
Um, <laughs> so I guess what I'm hearing you say there, it's a really, I think it's a really interesting point of distinction is that there's a difference then between your home being organised in a way that suits the way that your household operates versus just being neat and tidy. Because I yeah. can have my house being neat and tidy, but I can't find a damn thing. Yeah. Yes. And and conversely, you can have a home that doesn't look neat and tidy, but can be quite organised as well, mm-hmm. as long as you know. Like, so there are people, it depends on your visual processing style. So um, there are people that, where out of sight out of mind is likely that they'll forget something so that they have a natural tendency to leave something on a bench because that is their way of recalling the information mm-hmm. but you can change it so that okay it's not just a stack of papers sitting on a bench there is order to that stack and maybe it's in an in tray or maybe it's you know in a little pocket that sits on the wall or maybe mm-hmm. it's on a notice board but it's still organized in a way that makes sense to them but to you as a stranger coming into their home you might see it as a oh that's just a stack of papers that's sitting on the end of the bed bench mm-hmm. it may not look tidy but it's actually organized yes and this yeah if that yeah organized to further for the um the needs the processing needs of the particular individual or family yeah. that yeah. lives there that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So tell us about, you know, a typical client. So who do you typically work with? What's the process? If I was to go, Amy, come to my house, I need a little help. You're going to walk in and go, how long have we got, Margaret? <laughs> what's the typical, what's your typical client? What's what's the, what could we expect? So my typical client is a woman. She's generally got a few kids who are at school she's um usually works most likely she actually works part-time so she's got a little bit of time at home but she's also um quite quite a good important job or Mm -hmm. she's working full-time in a very um demanding job um and so she's got a little lot not a lot of time Mm -hmm. um at home in both of these scenarios, the woman is very intelligent. She's very successful in her career. Um, she's only working part-time really because she wants to take time out to look after her kids while her kids are younger mm-hmm. um, and that's a decision that she has um, actively made herself. Um, and prior to having kids, she was working quite full-time <laughs> hours. So... The common factor among all of them is usually their life is so full um, that they don't have the time to dedicate on their, to their home in the way that they'd like to. So, yeah, they're spending time at work and then as soon as the kids get home, they're off at activities mm-hmm. or doing things. Um, there's also have quite a big number of clients who... Um, either have ADHD or some they're neurodiverse in or neurodivergent I should say in some way um, which then presents other challenges and then I have one uh, a big pocket of clients who have um, have some physical health or have gone through some major trauma um, and then and are then suffering either 
a depression, some form of depression or anxiety or post-traumatic um, stress as a result of whatever has happened. Um, and so they're just trying to get back onto their feet. Mm-hmm. So I kind of describe my service as a bridge. So these people, all of my clients, have generally generally described themselves as organised people or have been organised at some point in their life. Something's rocked their world, whether it be kids or a change of career mm-hmm. or whatever, and then I'm that bridge to help them get back to where they were because the systems that they had in place just don't work with their current in their current season of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I think that's, that's that sounds like so many women, right? That's, you know, busy working mum, stuff going on and you just, it kind of creeps up on you before you even really realise it and then, you know, what about for yeah. those when we find, maybe find ourselves in the position that, you know what, I've now got so much stuff and my house is so cluttered and it's clean, so there's a difference between, you know, being clean and hygienic um, versus I've just, it's not tidy, I've got piles of stuff everywhere, I've got no storage space left. There can be a bit of shame that comes with that because we're also supposed to, you know, be the perfect homemaker and have these, you know, Instagram-worthy houses and, you know, to me that, you know, why I'm going to ring up some person and ask this woman to come into my house and I'm so ashamed of it. So how do you help women get through yeah. that part of the process? Well, that that shame, it's huge. Like when most people, when I first meet them, they're, they're so ashamed and they're, it's a really, really, really difficult for them to make a, the first step to ask for help. Mm-hmm. and then to actually invite me in. Um, but I talk to them and I guess it's really about building a nice relationship, uh, the trust there, but it's about telling the clients or talking to the clients and saying, yes, you're very special, you're very unique, but what I'm seeing in your home is very typical and very normal of majority of households around Australia. Yes, we see these perfect homes on on TV or in real estate magazines or on Pinterest, but that's not reality. Most people's homes are lived in. And those that do live in those picture-perfect homes, they spend a lot of time maintaining it and looking after it and that's really important to them and they prioritize that time to invest you know invest their time into maintaining their home so for women who don't have the ability to invest the time in or don't have the desire like Mm -hmm. there yes there are people out there that absolutely love cleaning and they get a huge kick out of it but most people don't Mm -hmm. so um it's just, yeah, it's my bit. I've, I've got a wait list and, you know, my cl- I'm booked out in the moment until February next year. Gosh. So that says to me that, you know, there's a high demand for these, these type of services, these type of services, and that to be, feel ashamed about it or, you know, close it off and not let anyone support you where you could be getting support is a little bit sad, mm. but, yeah, in some, in some ways. In some ways, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the 
the realisation that to take the time to do this is actually going to give you time back in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't need to employ somebody, like a professional organiser like myself, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that, you know, if you're interested in, you can do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've given some great advice in, in um, Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy in your chapter. You actually give some great tips in that. So what have we got here? So your first one is ensure you have a goal for your home and lifestyle. So, and I, I love this idea is about how do you, how would you like your home and life to feel? Like we often think yeah. about that for ourselves or for our life, but how do I want my home to feel? That's an interesting one. Yeah, and that could be different. So some people want their home to feel comforting and cosy and, you know, it's just that nice warm base. Mm -hmm. Other people want a creative space. Other people, you know, just want to have a nice, clear, empty space. So, and that makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. too. And the same, what do you want to be doing in the space? Like you can organise a kitchen in so many different ways. So like I'm not a huge cook. And I don't get pleasure out of cooking and feeding my family. Um, but those people who do get a huge amount of pleasure entertaining and feeding family and baking and um, those things will need a totally different way to organise their kitchen than I would. Yes. So understanding how you use your space and what you're doing because, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So we want to get a clear picture about that. So your next piece of advice is you need less than you think to make you happy. So I think we've talked about that and we all we end up all end up with too much stuff, don't we? Do you are you kind of an advocate of, you know, once every six months or twelve months, you know, go through a cupboard in the house and give it a clean out? Like what's your advice for people on, on how to do that for themselves? Yeah, I think well you can be really systematic about it and put the time frame on it. But usually the easiest thing I find is as soon as you realise that you don't need that item is to get rid of it. So you, I have in my home and I suggest in my clients' homes to have a donate box that just lives permanently somewhere, whether it be in a spare cupboard or in near your entryway. And so as soon as you try on that top and you think oh it's just itching at the seam here and then you take it off and then put another one on Mm -hmm. well that top that's itching at the seam you next time you put it on you're probably going to have the same experience so it's clean put it in that donate bag straight away so you're kind of almost doing it all the time the Mm -hmm. same you know you put on the moisturizer oh this moisturizer just doesn't feel right on my skin I'm getting a bit irritated let's get you know, put it in, in that case, you know, you could put it in the bin or you could um, put it on a free site or give it to a friend or what have you. So it's doing it, almost doing it just every day on a small, tiny scale. Where So you're not, don't have to invest a whole day, a whole week, a whole weekend mm-hmm. going through it. So you're just doing a little I bit at that. a time. I love that. That's a really good idea. And I think the other thing that we shouldn't do, which I know I can sometimes do, and I see memes about this so I know I'm not the only one, is we have a wardrobe clean out and then we make all these bags that we're going to take to Goodwill and then we move them from our bedroom and then put them in the boot of the car and then they live in the boot of our car for the next month. And I know I'm not the only one, ladies, who does that. No, you're not. 
<laughs> no, that's why I have it part of my service. It's a complimentary <laughs> drop off to any charity for any of my clients, and because because of that's the barrier. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it's right. actually easy. Most most charities have a drive through drop off, so you actually you don't need to go into the store. It's easier and quicker than um, you may think it is. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. All right, your next piece of advice in Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy is place higher emphasis on the value of time. So this is where you talk about how much time do I use something for and the value of that time I spent using it versus the monetary value of the item. Yeah, yeah. So that's really interesting. So with any when my, with my clients, I often say to them think think about it in time instead of things so time to use the item time to put it away time to uh, maintain it or care for it and clean it and or if you're not using it time to move it from this bench <laughs> yes. to the surface to the table to around and around and so if that's a case where you're just moving things around that's that's a lot of the time you're investing in something for that you're not actually using it so yes. if you take it away in its in its entirety well then you're saving yourself you know, it may be only 30 seconds to move it, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you're saving it time all, there. And it, it gives you more up. time to do the things you love. Absolutely. So the next one is less things doesn't mean less soul, less heart or less warmth. You know, we don't want to suddenly start creating these sterile or minimalist environments unless that's that's what you like. So we're not advocating that you should basically chuck out anything that doesn't have a practical application. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean there is, so let, surrounding yourself with things that you love. So you know, you're getting rid of the things that don't mean anything to you. So, you know, if you're sitting in a room, I'm just looking at the things behind you. So all of the things on uh, the little table there are things that genuinely you love and mean something to you and important to you. So every time you walk into the room and you look at it, you're going, oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. You're not just don't just have a an ornament there or something there that means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. every little item you have in your home, whether it be a cushion, whether it be a blanket, whether it be artwork, whether it be a chair, they're all things that actually Support, you know, you really, they make you feel good. Yeah. So yeah. you've just got everything that makes you feel good and nothing that's just so so. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, right. in that way, that you need to compromise if there's multiple people living in your home. Yes. But, but, but yeah. Perfect. Now, the next one was organise your home in a way that makes sense to you and you gave us a really good example of that before about where we might put the kids' um, school bags in our in our home. So that's true. There is no cookie-cutter approach, so it's not a one-size-fits-all that this, this is the way yeah. you should do it. You've really got to look at how you live Yeah. And design solutions look, and around that. Yeah, so your height, um, your mobility, um, your eyesight, they all play different factors in how you organise your home as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Perfect. So, in it, yeah, and then it. your last one was you need less storage space than you think. I, I imagine that, yeah, once we actually do all of the other things that and have a clean out that you've actually, you might come across people who are like, oh, my God, I've got no space. And then you go, let's have a clean out. And then suddenly you go, oh, my God, look at all this space I just got back. Yeah, it's remarkable. So I often 
feels like you've doubled the size of someone's home by reducing the amount of things that they've they have mm-hmm. um, and when I say reducing them you know I never would ever ask a client to get rid of anything that they didn't want it's all based on discussion and their um, their needs but I often like I often go into clients homes with these beautiful brand new homes um, with so much storage that they have a tendency because and they haven't gone when they initially when they moved in they didn't take the time to really think about how they want to use that home and how their home works for them so when they're cleaning up they're like okay well let's just push everything off the bench into this drawer because that makes sense and then let's clear the table and today we'll put it in this drawer and then they've got so much storage but they've got everything in mixed in together and it's actually chaotic Mm -hmm. so in that yeah so you can have too much storage Mm -hmm. which then creates the um disorganization as well yes yes i probably if you zone it out it's all good sorry (laughs) i probably live in the space of you know i have an abundance of storage in my house which sometimes i think leads me to feeling that it's okay to keep stuff that i wouldn't i don't really need to keep um, so it's going to be an interesting exercise for me. Um, Amy, you've inspired me. I know that I have stuff that I do not need. Um, I know I have stuff that I have never used. I think I've lived in this house like, gosh, nine, nearly nine years. There's stuff in boxes I haven't unpacked since I moved. Chances are I could get rid of that, right? Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it doesn't matter how much you have in your home, how many things you have in your home, providing that they're not interrupting the way that you want to live and the flow of your home. So as soon as it stops you from doing the things that you want to do in the way that you want to do them, then it's a problem. Mm. But until that point, you know, if you've got ample storage, it doesn't matter as long as it's not stopping you from storing the things and accessing the things that you have. It doesn't matter how much you have. So, yeah. And right. with the boxes, I help people unpack boxes all the time. Sometimes <laughs> they've been in their, their homes for 40 years and we're still unpacking boxes that have been in the sitting in the back of the garage. So Wow. I, d- I suddenly don't feel quite so bad. <laughs> that is great. So some super, super valuable advice there. Now, Amy, where can the listeners find more information about you? So what's your website? So my website is organisingb.com.au and so that's organising with an S. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm at Organising B on social media as well, so at um, both Facebook and Instagram. Fantastic. So we'll post all of those links up into the show notes Amy Kennedy, thank you so much for coming and helping us get organised here today on Living the Queen Life. Thank you for listening to Living the Queen Life podcast. You can join in on the conversation at Queen of My Own Universe on Facebook, Queen of My Own Universe 1 on Instagram, or visit the website at www.queenofmyownuniverse.com. Please join me again soon and in the meantime, keep on living your best queen life.